The job. The stress. We are, there is an active shooter working at Douglas. Multiple gunshots are being fired. Politics. Politics. Pressure. Pressure. Get out of here. We got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. Fear. Survival. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire from a very high floor. We believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. And we get it. And we have to do better. The truth behind the badge. Presented by the Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity. Good evening. This is Rich from Team South Florida with another episode of Truth Behind the Badge. Tonight I am joined with Kaylin from the West Coast. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? Awesome. Thank you for joining us. A little bit of a time difference here, so it's actually dark out here and it's light over there. <laughs> we got a little bit of a sunset going. All right. So we are, it's kind of crazy how we came in contact. Our mutual contact is Nick with the Resiliency Project, and he's doing tremendous things towards mental health. And we have a lot of similar like-minded ideas, philosophies, and just, just mindset, if you will. And I was really pleased to speak with you. You're basically doing a, you're a college student and you're in the middle of a project. Can you tell us a little bit about your project? Yeah, for sure. So right now I'm doing a broadcast piece on the law enforcement population and how their mental health is at an all-time low. So basically right now, um, for the fourth consecutive year, suicide is the most common cause of death in law enforcement officials. So that is kind of just the standpoint I'm taking right now because we need to raise awareness for topics like these, especially with how the world is going right now. This is definitely a topic that needs to be tackled. I couldn't agree more. And I'll tell you, it's, it's kind of frustrating because I would say up until a couple of months ago, not even that long, we were really harping on mental health and suicide. And it seems like that's kind of been pushed to the wayside because of all this anti-law enforcement narrative, agenda, the media focus, things like that. And the reality is the mental health is still there. We're still getting phone calls. We're still getting contacts. I know other organizations are as well. And quite frankly, the numbers don't lie. I mean, I, I just looked it up. So we go off of Blue Help. We have an excellent relationship with them. And according to their statistics, and these are just confirmed suicides from law enforcement officers. And I say that and I harp on that because there's deaths that suicide might not even be the classification. So conservatively, 93 year to date. We're in the middle of July, which is just insane to think about. 2019, 228. And then 2018, 174. So for anybody that thinks that we don't have a problem, they're living under a rock. I mean, it's just, it's insane. So when you're doing your, your project, you're speaking with different officers from different parts of the country, different experiences, different mindsets, would you say, maybe can you, can you summarize, are, are they all saying the same thing? Are they all saying different things? Tell us about these conversations with these interviews you're having. Oh, they are definitely all on, all on board with this topic right now. Um, they've seen it. They've heard it. They've witnessed every little thing. Um, you see these cops going to defund the police riots because they want them there for their safety. 
but it's just like, doesn't that defeat the purpose of your point? You know? So it's just stuff like that. Um, every cop is saying, you don't know what it's like to be a cop unless you are a cop, you know? And if you see the hangings, if you see these little kids who are abused physically, mentally, verbally, however you want to put it, you see all of these children on, you see domestic abuse. And it's just like, when you see this time after time after time without the support from people all around you, it's just, it's degrading. It's mentally draining. And no wonder suicide's so common because what these officers go through with such little support that they have, what do you expect? You know? So, and especially as a college student, it's a bunch of jumping on the bandwagon. So at this point in time, there is no support, you know, and it's just all towards the left. And it's, it's just going against what America is built on. And that's where the problem's starting. So when I look back, and I don't want to mention your specific university, and I stay out of politics and all of that. But when I go back to when I was a college student, which I don't know, I like to think I'm still young. I don't think that was too long ago. But yeah. When I go back to when I was a college student, I can specifically name professors by name. I remember going to the classes. I just remember, and I went to college in Rhode Island. Hmm. I just remember there being this common support for America, for the country, for law enforcement, for law and order, for what's right. And I was talking with you. I was talking with my sister. I've seen it in other universities. I've seen it with other schools. It almost seems as if the teachers and the professors that are supportive of law enforcement are in the minority. As oh, yeah. Totally. I don't want to make you uncomfortable or anything, but do you have anything to add on that? Is that what you've experienced? I do, for sure. If you even think about it, like if you go back to your days, you used to stand for the pledge every day before class, and I pledge allegiance to the flag. And then you would also say, under God. You know what I mean? They, they're trying to take that out of the whole pledge of allegiance right now, you know? And for example, my program right now literally just compared Colin Kaepernick to Pat Tillman, you know, so that's just the kind of school. These are the professors that are teaching our future generations. So they are taking America out of America. That's sad. It's absolutely crazy to think about. I don't know how we improve. I don't know how we get better, but I can tell you, um, and you could use this for your research project, the saving grace, if you will, certain police departments I can speak on they do recognize mental health. They are doing things. They have units. They have organizations that come in, um, different levels of peer support, critical incident stress debriefing, crisis intervention, critical incident stress management, all, all different acronyms and names and abbreviations and titles. But the commonality is they recognize that these officers need to de-stress, kind of vent, and get it out of their system. And then a lot of times you'll have a defusing, you'll have a debriefing, and you can identify whether or not you might need additional assistance or support. And there used to be such a stigma with it. And I've seen that stigma going away, which is good. You've got organizations like ours, you've got organizations like Nick's. There's no competition. We just really support each other. And he's on the West Coast, we're on the East Coast. I don't know what to say. I mean, I just... There's definitely, we're, we're getting rid of that stigma, but we still have that problem. And I think it's from within. Mm -hmm. You see all these, all these back the blue rallies, which are nice. That's, that's positive. You're starting to see the support. How hard is it yeah. for somebody like you who seems to, I mean, if you see some, a police officer do something wrong, you're not going to ignore it. You're going to say that the police oh. officer was wrong, but oh, 
but you support the you, but you support the good ones i do 100 so, i think most are good and i agree with you and i thank you for saying that is it hard for you with your peers do, do most of your peers feel the same way or are most of them misinformed maybe I think they are all very misinformed. I will be sitting in my Zoom conference calls now that everything's online because of COVID. Um, and I don't really have a right to speak at this point because if I were to speak in class, I'd get like verbally attacked. You know what I mean? So everybody's just on the train of defunding the police. They're in downtown. They're downtown where basically all of these riots, all of these protests are occurring. You know, so if I were to speak up, I would either fail my program probably, I would, you know, there would be a consequence. And it's sad, you know, because you guys can speak your opinion when you are misinformed, but I'm speaking facts, but yet I'd get backed down, you know. Well, that's typically what happens with us, with our charity, with our, our social media platforms. A lot of times we'll get just blanket hate, threats, mm -hmm. nasty messages, vile messages, and we'll just move on and ignore them. But... Mm -hmm we'll get from time to time somebody that initially sounds educated, open-minded and willing to have a dialogue. So we'll engage because that's part of bridging the gap is it's okay for you and I to have different views. If I oh, listen yeah. to you and you listen to me, perhaps we both learn something. Oh, yeah. And to credit what you just said a minute ago, we'll end up starting to throw out facts or statistics or just evidence and immediately it's like deflection, 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 and then it turns into hate, and then it turns into nonsense, and it's just it's a dead topic. So, well, just look at the retirement rates right now. You know, the retirement rates show so much right now because nobody wants to do their job. There's no support. There's no backup. You know. So yeah, let's talk about that. When we talk about mental health, NYPD is actually telling police officers that are ready to retire or, or let me correct myself that we're not ready to retire but want to retire and have requested to retire they're actually telling them hold on we can't process this yet we have too many people ahead of you that's how many people they have retiring in record numbers and we're getting contacts all the time about well i was going to do 25 years 20 years 30 years now you know what if i do 10 years and i get a partial pension maybe i'll do something else with my life and that's sad Oh, yeah. It's not even about the money anymore. It's just about your sanity. When we think about NYPD, I mean, we're, there's no secret. We're, we try not to bash too much, but it's, it's so frustrating with what our brothers and sisters in New York City are dealing with. Just a lack of support from the politicians, from their own leadership, the community. The, the saving grace is the silent majority over there is starting to become less silent, but it's, it, it's got to change for those guys. They're, that agency in Chicago had record number suicides, and mm -hmm. it's kind of it's kind of telling, you know. Yeah, it's a sad concept. So, I don't know. I hope things improve. So, did you talk to active officers as well as retired officers? I did. I'm curious if there was anything significantly different from the retired officers' perspectives. If anything stuck out from the retirement or the retired officers, honestly, they're on the same board as the active officers too, you know, it's just mentally wearing. And at the end of the day, they all are just, they're just done without the support, you know, and it's just so sad because most cops are good. And they all went on about that and how they wouldn't be doing the job if their intentions weren't pure. 
you know, and of course there are some bad people, but there's bad people everywhere in this world. And you don't target one group of people because somebody's wrongdoing, you know, and that's what's happening here. And every active cop I talked to, every retired police I talked to said the same concept, you know, it's just, where's the support? Well, it's kind of funny you say that. You said you don't target one group because of one person or one bad act. That's almost as if, that's what this whole thing is about when you play victim and you play like, you know, all police are racist because they're targeting one group and so on and so forth. The same thing is happening in the, you know, that's why the, this whole argument falls apart for me. When, when I'm seeing a one-year-old shot and killed and no outrage, when I'm seeing an eight-year-old girl shot and killed and no outrage, when I'm seeing record number of murders and not a single shot is fired from a police officer's gun, and there's no outrage, no media coverage, nothing. For me, the whole argument falls apart. It really does. And I, I've got a bad taste in my mouth from it to begin with because of Dallas, Texas, and you know what I saw out there and everything. And God bless those guys. They didn't give up, you know, and, and they were actually out there to protect the protesters who were protesting them. And then that tragedy happened out there. And what's sad is here we are, you know, several years later, and we're, I feel like 10 times worse than we were back then. Oh, yeah. And what's crazy is I literally just saw a post on Facebook, or on Twitter it was actually, where this lady, some police officer, his name was Officer Judd, just passed away um, from a motorcycle crash somewhere on the west side and basically somebody subtweeted this tweet where they were like oh my gosh our hearts and our thoughts are with you and she was just basically like look at all these people with COVID-19 all jumbled together and it's just like well you guys were all at this protest at this riot defunding the police you know it's just like we are honoring a fallen officer you know but it's okay for you to go riot go defund the police without mask and these large gatherings, you know, it's another, it's a double standard and people are missing that. It's just logical inconsistencies. Yeah. Well, I got to give you credit because you hit the nail on the head with a lot of this stuff and it seems like you, your research is either, you're either doing really excellent research or you already know a lot of the facts because you're, you're, everything you're saying is spot on accurate to your earlier point. Also, Depending on where you look number-wise, there's anywhere from, I don't know, 600,000 to 800,000 police officers in the United States. Mm -hmm. If you think about the hundreds of thousands of millions of contacts per year that we yeah. have, and then you can probably count on one hand, maybe two hands, the amount of controversial incidents, you're talking less than 1%, far less than 1%. So you don't even have those numbers in, in in a Catholic church, it seems. You don't have those numbers in an education system with teachers. I mean, it, just to say less than 1%, those numbers are incredibly high. And every every bad one needs to be addressed and dealt with. So nobody's saying not to, but you, you got to just, I don't know. We, we have to wake up as a country because we're on a very dangerous road where and your research is already telling you from these interviews you've done, you've got police officers that have experience that are looking to get out. You have people that don't want to sign up to become police officers. 
So people have to be careful what they're asking for because what are you going to be left with? It's very, very dangerous. Danger you're going to be left with. All right. Well, I can't thank you enough for your support and for not hesitating to share the positive side and I'm going to say the real side, the honest side. It would be far easier for you to just be quiet and go with the majority. And I think that's the problem. I think we have too many followers. I think we need to, especially with your generation, when you're in, when you're in these educational environments, you're there to learn. So yeah. it behooves you to ask questions and do your research and learn. And my, my hat's off to you. Yeah, well, my thoughts and prayers are to everybody in the blue, you know, back to blue. So thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to close this up. You have to follow up with us and let us know how the research project goes. Hopefully it's well received. <laughs> it will be. In our standard tradition, we uh, always honor our fallen and we mean it when we say we will never forget. So this episode is going to air on July 16th. We look back to July 16th, 1992. FHP trooper Kimberly Hurd was tragically struck and killed by a drunk driver while talking with the driver of another vehicle she had stopped. The drunk driver who struck Trooper Hurd fled the scene but was later apprehended and convicted. Trooper Hurd served with the Florida Highway Patrol for six years and was just 26 years of age. May she and her family never be forgotten. Kaylin, thank you so much again and have a good Thank night. you. You too.